Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and assistant clinical professor at New York Medical College, Leah Lease, uh, MD. Her new book is No Shame, Real Talk with Your Kids About Sex, Self-Confidence, and Healthy Relationships. From learning how to distinguish between attacking ideas and attacking someone's character to explaining why mom and dad are so angry and sad today to helping kids of all ages understand how politics and protests work, kids are going to have questions. Dr. Leah Lease is uniquely positioned to help parents and children face many mental health challenges and live healthy lives. During her training and residency at St. Vincent's Hospital in New York and uh, NYU and her private psychiatric practice, Mindful Kid, she has developed expertise in working with modern families of all types. Dr. Lee has a column in Psychology Today and Thrive Global and has appeared on many shows, including on ABC, CBS, and NBC. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lee. Great. I'm happy to be here, Catherine. Uh, It's great to have you here. (laughs) It's child psychiatrist, also an adult psychiatrist as well, I guess, but now really specializes in child psychiatry. Um, Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I take on both adults and kids, but because there's such a demand for kids, it's, I see mostly kids. And you call yourself, I know, you, the shameless psychiatrist. So let's talk about that first, because the title of the book, of course, is No Shame, and you're the shameless psychiatrist. What does that mean? <laughs> so I, I, when I was trying to name myself something catchy that would do well on social media, I'd you know, I thought of, well, I'm all about shaming less, so I could be the shameless psychiatrist. But it was just sort of a play in word because I am very um, down to earth and, you know, shameless about talking about anything that there is about sex or sexuality. So that kind of where I came up with my name and I absolutely have had so much fun with it. Well, it's okay. So, how do you have fun with it? I mean, it sounds like fun. First of all, you're talking about sex, but sex education, mm-hmm. which is something that so many parents grapple with, and I have some questions to you about that. Personal questions, actually, related to my grandchildren. Um, and I Please. think one of the things you talk about is that most, pe- many people have difficulty talking about sex to their children, and it really has an impact on who they are as a person, how they feel about themselves, and how they eventually grow up to be healthy adults. And so I think that, yeah, so there's so much shame around sexuality and that is the reason why most parents are afraid to address the awkward. So my goal is to, you know, get them out of the closet when it talks about sexuality, so to speak, and um, really help them embrace the topics. Um, Not only because, you know, studies show that parents take uh, more of an active role in the sex education of their children will have children who have safer and healthier sex lives, but also because it creates a bond between parent and child that, um, that is really amazing and, and usually results in so much um, intimacy and connection between the parents and the child because they're opening the door up to those conversations which create great, you know, great connection. So for so many reasons, it's the right thing to do. And when I say have fun with it, it's because, you know, I see all the time where if I can help a parent get over their shame and really talk to their kids about sex. They're so grateful to me, and their stories are so funny, and everybody really, you know, has a great, you know, has a great experience, and so I feel feel so blessed to be in that position. 
Well, you also talk about pandemic parenting also in regard to sex. And I'm going to give you an example, which is, I think, just right on target. And and I'm going to ask you if I did the right thing, I guess. I mean, I'm a social worker, and so I feel I have certain skills that I can talk about sex to, well, I did to my kids. And, and, well, this is now grandchildren who are living with me and their parents for the past nine months two two-year-olds, twins, and a five-year-old who just turned five, who's just starting to ask about where babies come from. And he had the information that babies come from a mother's tummy and Grammy. I'm Grammy. I said, well, it's uterus, actually, not tummy, uterus, which he... Very good. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> yes. And so that was fine. A few weeks later, he wants to know... The, how does the baby get there? And I, his parents, I think, told him that, the, you know, there's a, a, a seed starts or a, I don't know if they said sperm and egg, but, uh, you know, in the mother's uterus. A week or two right ago. On. Well, this is the this is the I think I did the right thing. So you're the I'm going to get a free session here. Um, <laughs> his mother took the twins out for a walk. And his father was working in the office and he was playing with his Legos and I was watching him and he turns to me and he said, Grammy, how does the, how does the seed get into the mommy? And I said, and I always like to tell the truth. (laughs) Great question. I said. (laughs) He um, cut right to it, didn't he? (laughs) Yeah. And he knew that he had me, he nailed me because they weren't around, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I love it. It was a, yeah, I said, uh, well, I think. That's a good question, and I think, why don't you wait when your mom comes back and your dad, you can ask them the question. So he waits a, you know, a minute maybe, and then he turns to me and said, Grammy, you birthed three babies. You know where they come from, how they get in there. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I said, I do know. I do know. And then he said, and does great Grammy know? And I said, yes, she does know. And I said, and you should know, too. Just ask, you know, just ask your mom and dad, and they will tell you. And then I distracted him with the Legos. Because I didn't think it was the right thing for me to tell him, although, believe me, I was ready to do it. But I deferred <laughs> to the parents. Did I do the right thing, doctor? I, You know, I think it's great that you did because, obviously, it, this is a major parenting moment, and you want <laughs> yes. to take away that experience from them. You know, of course, they said, please, if they say, please, you're the social worker, go out and tell them, then great, you got permission. But I think you did the right thing because this is kind of one of those pivotal parenting questions, their first, you know, the older child, so it's their first opportunity. Um, and to have that special moment, and, you know, as awkward as it is, I, you know, some of the most awkward moments are the best and the most memorable. So, yeah, I'm sure he went immediately to them and asked. Um, and if, and he, did. if he didn't, then I would obviously you know, tell them to tell them anyway. Um, but I think you definitely did the right thing. And I really wanted, how did it go with the parents? No, I'm they, curious. Uh, it went with the parents well. And I think you're right. Yes, you are. I mean, absolutely correct. Because they, they would have been upset if I had taken that moment away from them. I mean, they know that I could tell the truth and that I would do it well. But that's really the key. That was their moment. And I told them that he had asked me. And then they told him, yes. And so he did get the answer that evening or the next day or whenever it was. So, yes. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want to appear stupid. I do know where babies come from. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, but it's so I'm sure like you have barely sex. 
sex positive in your family. And I love, you know, the, it is so important to label the body parts correctly. Give, you know, no tummy or woohoo or nana or, you know, poopy. Right. You know, I think the correct anatomical names for body parts are critical, you know, not just because it's biological and it's scientific and we want to give kids, you know, correct information, but also because it does protect them from sexual predators. Um, and there's a lot of studies that support that. What about, I mean, there are parents, many parents who feel comfortable talking about sex, and I think it has to do also with the parenting that they got. My mother was a social worker as well. But uh, what about, let's talk about some of the issues, though, when parents really can't, or they think they can't, or they really feel uncomfortable about being honest with their kids about sex, like you said, and then that can lead to a kid, you know, being a, a victim of sexual predators, and obviously that's not a good thing. Well, a lot of parents have said to me, well, I'm protecting their innocence by not telling them. And I always say, no, it's the reverse. You're protecting their innocence by telling them because an uninformed child is at risk for, as you say, predators, um, not knowing who can touch them, not knowing the reasons why they can or cannot touch. And I've had so many parents come to me and say, I'm horrified I didn't tell them because they found my kids playing with another kid you know, touching and rubbing each other, and they were young, and neither one knew that that wasn't appropriate. So it's like they just didn't have the education, right? And it feels good. So what do they know if you don't tell them, right? So you have to, you know, you have to tell them. You have to be uh, a participant in their sexual journey. Whether you like it or not, your kids will grow up to be sexual beings and have sex, so you might as well get used to it. (laughs) That's the shameless psychiatrist, sex, <laughs> the shameless psychiatrist, no, right? Shamelessness, right? Yeah, the shamelessness. Me. Yes, and 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 that approach is is gonna. It's actually not only is it gonna be protect your child, but it won't be as awkward as you think. It's like you know, your social worker, therapist will tell you the first time you do every anything new, it can feel awkward, but as you continue to do it, it'll feel natural. And sex talks should be ongoing. You know, I, I love the way you said your, it was your grandson, right? Grandson, grandson. yes. Or, yeah. He brought it up several times. It takes him forever to process things, you know? You don't want to push him too hard in any one conversation. You'll say a few things, they'll process this, they'll come back. You'll say a few more things, they'll process, they'll come back. It's, this is going to be ongoing sex talks. We're talking about thousands, not, you know, the sex talk when they're nine, you know? And and don't you think when you tell them the truth in the beginning, I mean, then they, I mean, this is obviously, um, maybe this is the obvious, but then they do come back to you because they know that you've told them the truth and they feel that because they're going to hear all kinds of stuff from their friends. I mean, friends have yeah. lots of stories to tell you about sex. What do you mean? It's not the stork? Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> do they still talk about the stork? Do they, in 2021, are they still talking about the stork? <laughs> I mean, probably yes, but uh, I don't, obviously, you know, the truth shall set you free. It's so interesting. I had a friend who told his son about sex because I, I, she asked me to do it, so I did it. And then she goes in the middle of dinner in New Jersey, a very conservative family, and just proceeds to tell them all on the dinner table how babies are born, including a bunch of kids. And my (laughs) friend just turns bright red, and he said, well, you know, my really good friend's a child psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Actually, it turned out to be a very funny moment for everybody. I really believe that it, it, it's a great thing to have the truth. 
And that way you don't learn it from, you know, the kids on the playground who tell you all kinds of silliness. And you don't learn it from pornography, which is where a lot of kids are learning about it now. Yeah. And what about in schools? I mean, now schools, it's sort of, it's things have changed during this past year, but in schools, I, they, you know, the sex education, I mean, sometimes to me, and I've seen some of the programs that this is when my kids were in school that were kind of, uh, I don't think they were particularly truthful and sort of stilted kinds of way of introducing sex to kids. I, I mean, I don't know if that's changed. Uh, let's say. No, that hasn't changed. I mean, all this, you know, what you learn from other kids is what they take in from what their parents tell them, plus what they learn from other kids. Is, you know, it's not factual. And don't, I mean, it would be beautiful if it was your grandson. He said, no, that's not right. Babies come <laughs> from, you know, the penis and the, the sex and this. And it would be like, you know, the seed comes out of the penis. And, and you would be like, oh, bravo. You know, like, you'd be so proud. I mean, I, I mean, my kids have been hearing about it since they were babies. So, you know, they're going to dispel any playground myths, that's for sure. And, you know, the truth will set set them free and they'll have this incredible wealth of knowledge by the time they're even considering having sex, uh, biology, reproduction, all that stuff. But then, of course, as they get older, you got to layer in, you know, intimacy and, you know, sexually transmitted diseases and risk and, you know, all that other stuff. But at least they have the foundation already set up. And so when do you do that? Start talking about the risks. You know, because these parents is sort of, well, my daughter or son isn't going to have sex till they're in senior in high school or a freshman in college or and, and you don't really know when they are going to and when do you introduce them to uh, birth control? Well, I think, you know, you layer in discussions about sex. So, you know, it starts very young, which is biology. And then, you know, when they hit about, you know, seven, eight, nine, you're introducing puberty because they're going to be going through those changes. And then um, you talk about what, you know, adult bodies look like. And then you talk about the purpose of puberty. And then you talk about, you know, uh, then you talk about, you know, at that point, you know, you talk about why, you know, that people have sex, not only just to have babies, they have sex for fun, right? And for pleasure and for connection and for to share love and all the reasons why people do it. And then, you know, then you talk about, but sometimes, you know, you want to have sex, but you don't want to have a baby. So that's contraception. And then you talk about... Then, you know, when they're 11, 12, 13, you really start talking about, you know, thinking about sex when you might be ready to have sex and how you need to come to me as a parent and how it, it brings up a lot of feelings and you really need to be ready for it. And, and you start to ask them questions. When do you think you'll be ready to have sex? And what circumstance would you want to have sex? Who would you want to be with? And just ask a lot of questions so you kind of get a sense of where their head is. You know, they'd be like, ew, gross, no way. I don't even want a, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend. That's for when I get older. Or they might be like, yeah, you know, I think I would want to have be with someone for six months and we have to be in a committed relationship and blah. Or they might, who knows what they're going to say. But, like, you start to get a read on how they feel. And then, obviously, if you see that, you I mean, if you, they have someone in their life that, you know, clearly they're interested in, you really got to then be, you know, like when you're ready to have sex, let's talk contraception. You know, you need to be like their partner in it all at all times. What about sex? Because you just said sex and pleasure, which I think is important. So parents, maybe it's easier to master like telling the fact, the biological facts, being honest, all the body parts, everything and how uh, babies are conceived and born. But sex and pleasure is a little more tricky. I remember when I was told that, I was shocked because I thought I had all the facts, but pleasure mm-hmm. and sex and my parents doing that, 
that was a sh- I mean it wasn't an overwhelming shock I was certainly prepared but that very different than the biological stuff that I had been uh, had learned about yeah I think pleasure ties really beautifully into consent you can like tie that right up into a bow so what I mean is very early on like your grandson's age you know if you're stroking their back if you're brushing their hair does this feel good do you like the way it feels do you want to back scratch do you like the way that feels you're starting the beginning of body autonomy and the discussions around pleasure and then you know does it feel good when I scratch your back do you like that like a lot of people I think tickling is the strangest thing because it's it's taking away someone's consent unless the kid likes to be tickled and says please tickle me I really think tickling is like a really wrong message because um, it's kind of that pleasure painful thing that you don't have control over. And I always think that kids should have control over their bodies. And so if you really like dig that part of pleasure and then you start talking about who's allowed to touch your body, what feels good, what doesn't, it very naturally goes into the discussion of sexual pleasure, especially if you're talking about like masturbation, you know, it's okay to touch yourself. It feels good. Please do it when you're alone. And if you need private time, I'll give it to you. And then it all just leads very nicely into this bow because, you know, if they understand what they like and how they like to be touched, if they understand that masturbation feels good, it's not such a big leap to understand how you know, sexual pleasure is going to go. And that's obviously discussion comes later, but again, you're laying like foundations, like, you know, on the playground, nobody's allowed to come up to you and slap your butt, you know, like if someone does that, you know, how the kids will do that. Or, you know, you can say, no, it's my body. Please don't touch me like that. I don't like it. And it hurts. And it's like, that's like the beginning of, you know, both the pleasure and the autonomy and the body autonomy. And they're really weaved together. Do you see what I mean? Yes. And when you're talking about that body autonomy what how do you introduce or talk about like when adults may try to touch you in ways that they should not be or touching your body yeah. your teacher your counselor your you know people that you trust you know your uncle your you know your pastor whoever how do you teach them exactly. to say no yeah well i think it's a very frank discussion about genitalia and how at your age at, you know, below the age of, you know, sexual activity, no adult should, or child should be touching you there except for your caregivers and your doctor. There's really no reason. Um, and, and you should be saying that, that p- those parts are for you only. You know, your labia, your anus, your buttocks, your nipples are for you only. And, you know, if I need to touch them to clean you or something. And that, they should know that very early on. There is no reason. Why would anyone be touching you there, you know, at those ages? And you'd be very clear about it. And then if anyone were to, I need to, be, I need to be told immediately. And do not be afraid to say, please don't touch me like that. I don't want you to touch me like that. You know, give them the language and practice. Practice that with them. Like actually practice that exact language that they would use. Because through rehearsal and repetition, they'll get, you know, they won't be afraid. Because I know the way I was raised, which is that women do not say no. Like, we make a million, you know, we make an excuse, we do this, but we're never taught to say no. We really aren't at, for anything, you know? If we're asked on a date, we'll say, oh, no, I'm busy, or, you know, I have to study. But we're never just taught to say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. It's almost like taboo, you know? And I think it's such a shame. And now, now we get to the point where, you know, a lot of women I know, they weren't raped, but they had sex because they didn't know how to say no. They were afraid and it's like, and it wasn't pleasurable and it wasn't a good experience. And I want to avoid that. You know, I want people to have sex because it's 
it's a yes, it's the way they want it with every fiber of their being, not because it's a no, you know, not because they're just, they're complicit kind of in it. So that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about with, you know, prepping kids. And it ties so nicely into pleasure because, you know, you should, ha- you should say yes when it feels good. And that's what you need to, like, explain um, to an older adolescent. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's that's really important because I do think that sometimes, at least maybe in younger adolescents, the sexual predator, the, the vision is of some, you know, boogeyman type person. And who, that's mm-hmm. not who it is. It, you, and I think that's, that's really important to emphasize. And, and I go, I'm going back to it. It's kind of difficult because sexual predators tend to be people that you know and love and trust. And so it's not the guy in the car who's trying to pick you up and the bad guy out in the street. And so that's really, I think you have to clarify that, as you say, if you feel comfortable, getting back to what you said in the beginning, if you feel comfortable about your body and about who you are, then you'll feel comfortable about using it in the way that is good for you, not for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Also, just silly things like, I'm mean, not silly, but like a lot of the teenager girls I work with, they have sex because they don't want their boyfriend to break up with them and they feel they have to, you know, um, they do it for attention and that's not the right reason, but nobody ever tells them that. Right. So, except for me. And what about boys? We need to teach the boys. I mean, I've always had boy, I had three boys, three grandsons, two brothers. I've always been with boys. So don't we have to teach the boys also that, you know, just trying to have sex with somebody just because you want to have sex with them is not a good thing, that it's a mutual thing. Isn't that just as important as teaching the girls to say, no, I don't want to? Yes. I mean, you need to tell them that you have to get verbal, explicit consent for every stage of the sexual act, acts, you know, from kissing on down, uh, down the line, the faces, as we used to call it, you know, there <laughs> has to be explicit verbal consent for first base, I get, you know. And then the second thing is, like, the best message you could give your grandson's grandma, I mean, I cannot wait because you're so evolved, grandmama, <laughs> whatever you call yourself, is be like, their pleasure comes first at all times. Like, you know, you got to, you know, put them number one. You know, whoever you're with, their pleasure comes before you. Just like you're polite, it's like this is like sexual etiquette. Like, you got to make sure they're really enjoying it at every moment. If you get any look, that they're confused or they're not having fun or they're, you know, you know, being too quiet, like immediately double back. It, it's a, it's a, as we're talking about it, this is a big task for parents, for many parents anyway. Um, we only have a couple of minutes left. Great. I, I just want everybody to know about the book because this is, we've only covered, you know, we've covered much, but there's a lot more in the book. Obviously, No Shame is the title of the book. And we've been talking, or I've been talking to Dr. Leah Lease, and she is the shameless psychiatrist. And I know you also, you have a, is it a blog or you have um, yeah. Yeah, a newsletter? Yeah, I have a blog on Psychology Today. I have a blog on Psychology Today called um, Shameless Psychiatrist. I have um, my website, has all my, my stuff, and my book is No Shame, Real Talk with Your Kids About sex, self-confidence, and healthy relationships. And I'm on all the uh, social media platforms with uh, Shameless Psychiatrist. Check me out for more info. But I had so much fun talking with you. Yeah, that we could talk about so many things, but I love to talk about it from the perspective of a grandmother. I think that's the yeah. first time I've ever done that. I want to empower all the grandmas out there to, like, get involved. It's, it's such a gift you could give your grandsons. 
Yeah, well, you know, I think, well, I'm glad I introduced that because I think you need to talk to a lot of grandmothers. You know, we're the baby boomer grandmothers. We're not the old grandmothers sitting in the rocking chair kind of grandmother. No. Uh, we're this and if it came 60s. from a grandma, that's, that's some wise Yoda stuff. You know, that's, that's real right. wise. <laughs> that's right. I think, I think a grandma talking to their kid about, their grandkid about sex would have a huge impact forever. I do too. All right. So that's your new, that's your next book. Sex and the grandmother, <laughs> whatever you want, right? I'll be waiting to see it. it. Yeah, love it. Anyway, thanks so much for being on the show today. Great talking to you, Dr. Leah Lease. No shame. That's the title of her book. Yes, I really like talking today. Thanks. Thanks. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 